Welcome to another episode of the Daily Fantasy Dudes Podcast. Week 6 of the NFL season is here, and dang, this season is already going by way too fast in my book. But there's plenty of DFS goodness for this week. Tom Gallon here, along with Matt Van Every. Matt, welcome again, and I look forward to hearing your recommendations. Thanks a lot, Tom. Yeah, it's great to be here, as always. Okay, without further ado, let's get right to the picks. Matt, what say you at the quarterback spot? At number one, I do have Tom Brady in the Vengeance game. You know, you got deflate gate, chip on the shoulder gate. Payback sucks. That's just really enough said there for uh, Colts fans and players. Good luck with that one. Aaron Rodgers going against the Chargers. I think that that is going to be a shootout to end all shootouts. You know, maybe the greatest we've seen since the OK Corral with Doc Holliday and the Earp brothers, Philip Rivers going uh, against Aaron Rodgers. You know, he will be the man on the other end of that 12 o'clock showdown. I could see a really high-scoring game, maybe one of those that comes down to who has the ball last. I really like Andy Dalton. You know, the guy is, goodness gracious, I mean, he's not turning into the pumpkin yet. I'm still not convinced it's not going to happen, but he has not as of yet. He's got a quick release, you know, which I'd never noticed before, but turns out he's got one of the quickest releases in, in the league, and so I do like him against the Bills. Then Teddy Bridgewater, you know, going up against the Chiefs. The Chiefs are really not very good against the pass. They're really not good on defense at all. They uh, tend to give up serious points to wideouts. You know, and he's got a few different ones. You know, there's no one name up there that stands out. Mike Wallace is a guy that you thought was going to have a lot of success a few years back, went to Miami, never really worked out. So who knows? But uh, I do think that Bridgewater's due for a good game. But a couple long shots for you. You know, I'm going back to the Sam Bradford well. I think that Bradford may have came around the corner, and I'm looking for him to have a good rest of the year from here on out. He's down to 5,900 on, on Fantasy Hub, 6,000 on DraftKings. And then Joe Flacco facing the 49ers. You know, the Niners are just not the Niner defense of old, and I do like him emerging. And those are the quarterbacks. Yeah, I actually think that New England has Indy's number more on the ground than anything. And I think they just love to beat him up. Belichick's already said that he loves to run it on the Colts, and until they can solve that, he's going to keep doing it. So Brady, I'm sure, will put up numbers. Oh, come on, he's Tom Brady. But for his price, I think this week I'll probably lay off. I do like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he actually went down a little bit on DraftKings and his price. And if you're going to give me Rodgers at a discount, I say, yes, please. Great game for it. Should be a lot of throwing the ball. And even though he's got some banged up receivers, Aaron Rodgers knows how to get it done. And he's not too shy about running when he needs to. Other quarterbacks I like, Carson Palmer at Pittsburgh. Big game for Arizona that they can finally beat a decent team. They've beaten the living daylights out of a lot of the crappier teams. But there's some question as to whether they face any real competition. Pittsburgh, granted, no Big Ben. But I'd at least call them a quality team, even without Big Ben, as Le'Veon Bell, of course, the focus of that offense. And he'll be tough on Arizona. So I expect that Carson Palmer will need to throw the ball. He's got some great receivers. Larry Fitzgerald is reliable as they get. So Carson Palmer is one of my picks. I do agree with you on Sam Bradford for Monday night. I kind of went back and forth as I was researching this week. Eli Manning's had some big games against Philadelphia, but I've noticed that most of those, in fact, just about all of those, are when it's in New York. He struggled at Philly. We know that Odell Beckham Jr. is kind of a game-time decision, or at least questionable, so he's probably not at full strength. A lot of questions on his receiving course. So, to me, that kind of gives the edge to Bradford, who's also a little cheaper. And then finally, like you already mentioned, Joe Flacco. I love that play. Should be a game kind of interesting because you've got two former Baltimore receivers on the 49ers, and I'm sure they're going to be looking to get in the end zone. And then Joe Flacco, unfortunately, his team doesn't have much of a defense. So chances are it'll be in the air, and the San Francisco secondary makes that an easy thing to do. 
So look for Flacco as well. Moving on to running back, what have you got to say there? My number one is Matt Forte. You know, this guy's getting two-thirds of the offensive touches. I mean, he is the offense for the Chicago Bears going up against Detroit. Detroit's not known for being stingy with the points. And so, you know, and the Bears have been playing better lately. Maybe what's happening there on the north side of Chicago with the great Chicago Cubs is maybe going to rub off on the Bears a little bit. My next guy is Adrian Peterson up against the Chiefs. Don Terry Poe's out for the Chiefs. The Vikings were off last week. They're healed up. You know, AD is just a beast, man. I mean, there's just very few guys in the league ever that have his skill set and have his raw athletic ability. I think he is going to uh, leave tread marks on a lot of Kansas City Chief defenders. Next, Deion Lewis facing off in the Colts. He's going to benefit from that revenge gate game, being there with Tom Brady and being there with Bill Belichick. He's just he's a vehicle, a vessel to uh, help those guys really put their stamp of kiss our collective rear ends to the uh, Indianapolis Colts. So I like Deion Lewis a lot. Eddie Lacy, I think it's it, Eddie Lacy's going to start getting it really going against the Chargers. For that matter, too, another guy, Gio Bernard is one in particular. I like Gio Bernard a lot this week. The Bills will give up the pass to the running backs. And running backs that can catch passes, it's where it's at these days. That's what's getting it done. And Gio's, uh, you know, the, the uh, tailor-made guy for that. A couple long shots, you know. Every week, it seems like all the analysts say, oh, this is the week that Melvin Gordon does it. This is the week that Melvin Gordon does it. And you know what? I don't know if this is the week that Melvin Gordon does it or not, but I think it could be. He's back in Wisconsin. It's where he's from, went to college there. Just why not? I mean, the, the Packers are good, but they're not that great. I mean, their defense can give up some points. You know, in a big shootout, I could see Gordon sneakily hitting 110, 115 yards, maybe a couple touchdowns, maybe one through the air. He has shown an ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, which is important. So, And then Duke Johnson going against the Broncos. Duke's really looking like a guy that can catch the ball and is a pretty solid back at only $4,500 on DraftKings. Yeah, I'm not really on board with Duke Johnson. I went ahead and played him last week and just didn't see it. Nine rushes for 22 yards. He did have some receptions, but man, the Denver Broncos defense can really throttle an offense. Last week, Cleveland scored 33 points, and Duke Johnson, I think, on DraftKings had 10.9 points. I need more upside than that, and I think Melvin Gordon's probably the guy to go to if you're looking for a big value this week in the running back position. For me, I'm going with a couple guys. You know, Obviously, Le'Veon Bell, he's the focus of that offense for Pittsburgh. Definitely worth a play, but very expensive, so I can understand if you can't squeeze him into your lineups. The guy that I like, and what you mentioned, I haven't heard that much about Adrian Peterson this week, and I love that matchup. I think more so than the passing game, which is what I've been reading. A lot of people saying, hey, Teddy Bridgewater, you know, the passing game of Minnesota should really get out of it. I don't think they need to. They've got Adrian Peterson. An extra week off, I think they'll be ready to go, and AP will be the guy that gets the bulk of that. I like him a lot better than Forte this week, in fact. So AP's my more expensive one if I can't squeeze in Le'Veon Bell especially. I do like on Monday night, you can go either way with these, DeMarco Murray showed signs of life last week. Most Monday night games, especially with teams like the Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles, you can expect a lot of scoring. At $6,000 on DraftKings and reasonably priced elsewhere, he's a pretty good value that could get you that elite running back point level. So I do like Shane Vereen. I really think that with all the wide receiver injuries, he may be a safety valve that gets used quite a bit. So at 4200 on DraftKings, 5600 on FanDuel, Shane Vereen, good value play who should have plenty of pass opportunities and at least a handful of runs to go with it. Those are kind of my core guys this week. I had a little bit on the running game for New England, but as always, you can't really tell which one to go with. I mean, Blunt's had big games against Indy before. 
Lewis is kind of the new guy, but a little bit banged up coming in this week. So always a risk taking the running backs with New England, but it is a good matchup, and I do expect them to run the ball. You've got an opportunity to pick one of those two guys. It's just a matter of which one is right. Moving on to wide receivers, what have you got to say there, Matt? DeAndre Hopkins, what's not to love? Facing that Jaguar defense, guys keep getting nicked up. You know, I know Aaron Colvin, they, you know, they were saying the next shutdown corner in the league, you know, potential uh, all-pro, and he still has all the talent in the world. He's just been fighting injuries, and I think they're not equipped to stop DeAndre Hopkins by any means. The only thing that might stop DeAndre Hopkins is Brian Hoyer. Keenan Allen up against the Packers, he's one of those guys that's just a heavily targeted player. So in a, in a PPR form, which is what DFS is, Keenan Allen is a great play this week. Jeremy Macklin, same deal. He's their offense. I mean, Jamal Charles is gone. Oh, man, that's a tough break. You know, there's very few players that mean more to their team than Jamal Charles. Jeremy Macklin is going to have to play an even larger role. I'm not totally sold on West and uh, Nile Davis this week at running back. But Jeremy Macklin, he's a very good player, and I expect him to have a good week. Calvin Johnson, the Bears have been giving up a lot of yardage and a lot of points to the number one receivers they've been up against. I think that Megatron is going to continue that trend and put up some good points against the Bears. And I think he's going to continue it throughout the rest of the season, too. If you can buy low on him in your Roto Leagues, do it. Allen Robinson against the Texans. You know, Robinson's another guy that's just busting out this year. Bortles loves to go to him. I, you know, he's getting close to 10 looks a game. The Texans will rush. They're going to bring the blitz, and I think that Bortles is going to be under pressure. And so Robinson's going to get his looks, and he's going to catch a majority of them. So I like Robinson. couple outside shots. Once again, I'm going back to the well. Marques Wilson of the Bears. He's essentially the Bears' number one receiver right now. Even if Alshon's back or Royal, I mean, Marquez has proved his worth. I mean, he's a big guy. He's fast. He's got great moves. He gets yards after the catch. He is not going anywhere. Kendall Wright, Tennessee. I think Kendall, you know, he's been getting more and more looks. He's looking like more and more of a number one type receiver, especially with Mariota. And, you know, in the off week, he was, he was yipping. He's getting that diva-like wide receiver swagger to him and he's saying hey good man throw me the throw me the damn ball you know typically when that happens they get the ball i don't know what it is it's like if you're a wide receiver and you complain you get your way and i think in my case megatron's gonna have to show me a week before i'm gonna jump on board his price is coming down but detroit's a mess and i just don't know from week to week they can't seem to protect the quarterback so this is probably the best opportunity but it is also a rivalry game and you can never tell which way those might go they may be defensive struggles they may be wide open on offense so, little iffy on the price with Mr. Calvin Johnson. If I'm going to risk that much, I don't want it to be on a guy that isn't pretty much a sure thing. My picks this week for the receiver position, somebody I do think is an absolute sure thing. and Just as consistent as they get, Emmanuel Sanders for Denver. He's the guy that Peyton can still throw to because it's generally a short pass. He can make a five-yard hook turned into a 80-yard bomb and he also runs back to punts so 7,500 on DraftKings so he's kind of my highest price guy that I've been looking at this week several in the mid-range I, I do like Eric Decker a lot the Redskins have had a lot of trouble with the secondary receivers and Decker has scored a touchdown in each game that he's played this year I like the opportunity to score once again this week Kamara Aiken as you mentioned in San Francisco playing against the 49ers should have a good hook up there a um, little worried if Steve Smith does play. There's some question, but realistically, I think Kamar Aiken could get a long one against that secondary. Monday night, Dwayne Harris looks like he may still be getting some targets as he has in recent weeks. Good matchup against Philadelphia. May have 50-plus passes by Eli Manning this week. And I've got to think with Odell Hurt, Reuben Randall banged up, pretty good chance that Dwayne Harris will be heavily involved in that mix as well. 
And finally, this one I would only play if Devontae Adams is out again. He's listed as questionable right now. But Ty Montgomery seems to be a guy that Aaron Rodgers has some confidence in. Very cheap. He's 3500 on DraftKings, only $12 on Yahoo, and their lowest is 10 So Ty Montgomery, in a game where we expect a lot of scoring, keep an eye on the status of Devontae Adams, and don't be shy about Ty Montgomery if you want to fill in your lineup with a value guy so that you can get in some of the higher-priced players elsewhere. Moving on to tight end, what do we got to say there, Matt? Antonio Gates. Gates is back. I don't think he's real pleased. He's kind of got that chip on his shoulder, that revenge factor going on against the world right now. And he's just still a beast. You know, even at his age, he can still outplay guys half his age. And I really, uh, I like Antonio Gates' chances of being a big part of that shootout up in Green Bay. And then the Gronkster, the party monster. Again, he's part of that payback showdown up in Indianapolis, and I like his chances. Tyler Eifert, I feel like I need to be going more off the beaten path here, but these guys are affordable. They're going to put up numbers. And so... You know, why get too cute with it? I mean, you know, you want to put a couple, two to three of these contrarian type picks in your lineup. But other than that, you want to get points. So, yeah, Tyler Eifert, I think that the way the Bills play defense, the openings are going to be to Eifert. That's what Dalton's going to find. He's going to look for the open guy, and it's going to be Eifert. He's going to throw it to him. Greg Olson up in Seattle, you know, that's, again, it's kind of like a Duke Johnson going against the Broncos situation. The one thing that the Seahawks defense gives up is passes to the tight end. And so I think that Greg Olson has a good shot for a big week. Couple outside guys, and, and this is one of these Richard Rodgers of the Packers. You know, he's now the number two targeted receiver for Aaron Rodgers. The shootout at Lambeau Field, Rodgers and Gates both are going to be heavily involved in. And then Jordan Cameron of the Miami Dolphins down in Tennessee. Very much risk reward, but if you need an outlier or a contrarian in a GPP, look at Jordan Cameron. Yeah, I think it goes without saying pretty much every week that if you can get Gronkowski in a few of your lineups, just do it. I mean, realistically, we don't even need to mention him anymore. He's the obvious play, and there's a reason he's so far priced above everybody else at the tight end position. But the only two guys I'm really looking at, because I don't think I can squeeze Gronk in most of my laps, I'll probably squeeze him in one or two. I'm going to go with the Monday night performers. Zach Ertz, very cheap at 2900 on DraftKings, playing for Philly, and Larry Donnell for the Giants. Again, a lot of injuries at their wide receiver spots, so Donnell could be one of those safety valves. He's a big guy. And Eli may be looking at him quite often if the pressure is coming from Philadelphia. So those are my only two core guys. I mean, Gronkowski, like I say, kind of a given that if you can squeeze him in, it's probably worth doing. Moving on to defense, what do you got to say there? Love the Broncos. I'm going to ride the Broncos every week just about. They're so good. They bring so much pressure. McCown is going to be just, you know, he's going to have nightmares. The Panthers playing the Seahawks. I really like the Panthers. You know, Norman and that defense, they're just, they create turnovers at a, an insane rate. And then the Patriots, you know, once again, their, their defense isn't what they're known for, but Belichick with a week to plan, revenge on his mind, look out. The Bengals going up against the Bills. They are facing uh, backup quarterback EJ Manuel. I don't think I need to say anything else. There you go. And then finally, my outlier pick is the Vikings against the Chiefs. The Vikings have really been playing good defense. They're a good all-around team. The Chiefs are just, oh, man. I'm glad I'm not a Chiefs fan, I'll say that much. Yeah, that's a good collection of defenses. Really, I think this week, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Denver and the Jets are the only two defenses I'll probably have. I may mix in, once I get final word, if Eli Manuel is indeed starting for Buffalo, I might go with Cincinnati. The problem I have with Cincinnati, and one of the reasons why I didn't mention Andy Dalton in my quarterback spots, man, when you come off a big emotional win like they had last week against Seattle, it's just you can't be up for every week. So I kind of think this might be a week that since he comes out a little bit flat, Rex Ryan will certainly have the 
Bills pumped up. I mean, he's got a lot of injuries to deal with, but he'll have them ready to go. Just a matter of whether or not Cincinnati can get fired up for yet another week. Let's move on to our tips, and I'll give you mine right off the bat. Simple. Avoid the reach. And by that I mean don't go for the guy or guys that has a very risky play just because he gets touted by quote-unquote experts as a great GPP play that nobody else will be on as a way for you to take down a big GPP. One detail these guys often leave out is that they are turning in hundreds of lineups and will get these types of players into a very small percentage. Most of us typically are playing 10 lineups or fewer, so if you get carried away with some of these bold picks and they flop, as is often the case, you've just cost yourself a chance to cash in all likelihood. Actually winning a reasonably sized GPP is hard and takes a lot of luck. Focus on cashing first, and if you have that solid week and finish high in the standings, you don't even need to come in first to have a very nice payday. One of the Sirius XM shows I listen to regularly is on Fridays. It's Football Outsiders. And on that day, they always have Travis Spieth on as a guest for one segment. He was the first millionaire winner on FanDuel a few years back. Obviously, he's a very good DFS player, and he's parlayed that success into a subscription service he now runs. So I definitely look forward to what he has to say. But I got a kick a few weeks ago. He was talking about how low-owned Kamar Aiken was, something like 0.2% on the Thursday game that week. And he had him on several lineups. Now, this was the week that Steve Smith got hurt during the game. Well, the host finally called Travis out on that one by asking how many lineups he had in play. His answer? Over 400. So, of course, he could make some very bold calls in some of those because he has so many bases covered. The host noted that they, along with most DFS players, can't afford to be that bold when turning in their usual 10 or fewer lineups. Keep that in mind the next time someone is touting a rookie backup receiver or some QB that hasn't been delivering to suddenly have a big week. I bet if you go back over these so-called experts and their reach plays, you'll find that the vast majority are duds. I mean, I don't know how many times I've read articles focused on value plays this year that pump up, say, Colin Kaepernick as a GPP under-the-radar play, yet you rarely hear them talk about that pick the next week and how poorly it did as often happens. In Kaepernick's case, take a look at the other quarterbacks in his price range that have much higher floors and every bit as high of a ceiling. Guys like Dalton, Tyrod Taylor when he's healthy, Sam Bradford, Joe Flacco, etc. have all been right around the same price, sometimes lower, and will often have very low percentage, under 10% as well most weeks. You don't need to get the 1% or 2%. My advice to the casual player Stick with the guys who deliver on a more consistent basis, or at the very least have shown some recent signs of an upswing. Matt, what's your tip for the week? My tip this week is another guy I found to follow, and that's Evan Silva on Roto World, but also on Yahoo on Thursdays. Really breaks down each game, um, goes into detail. You know, between Evan Silva's report and the football outsiders that I spoke about last week, you can really get a good feeling for what's going on in the NFL. You know, I've had some really nice DFS lineups the past few weeks, and hats off to Evan Silva and to the folks at Football Outsiders for helping me make that a possibility. And with that, that's a wrap, gang. Good luck this week, and we'll be back with a Week 7 podcast posted next Saturday morning. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your favorite provider. And if you do use iTunes, we'd greatly appreciate it if you left a review of the show. We love the feedback, and it helps us move up the podcast rankings. 
And don't forget to check us out at DailyFantasyDudes.com for more news and tips each week. We'll have some of our final lineups posted there Sunday morning, about 30 to 45 minutes before the early games kick off, along with any late-breaking news and value picks. Hey dudes, don't forget to follow me on Twitter under at UFantasyDude. I'll always have links to the podcast and my Fantasy Hub blog articles posted there as soon as they become available, plus tips and more info throughout the week. And remember, when it comes to daily fantasy, have fun, win money, don't be ridiculous. 